Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 128 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to share with you how to value a property so you can work out what it's worth and how much you'd like to pay for it if you're looking to buy it. Now, valuing property is definitely more of an art than a science, and there are several ways of doing it. And I'm going to share with you some specific tools and resources in this episode, which you can use next time you need to work out the value of a property. Now, the most reliable way of estimating the value is through like comparison. In other words, we look at what's the value of similar properties in the same area as the property we're looking to value. However, of course, you need to take factors such as the condition of the property, the location, and the immediate surrounding into account. In a way, property is worth what someone's prepared to pay for it. So it could be worth different amounts to different people. For example, the average value of this property might be 200,000 because that's the value of other properties in the area. However, the person who lives next door to this particular property might be prepared to pay more than 200,000. For example, maybe they want to find a property for an elderly parent to move into because they need to care for that parent. They don't really want the parent living in their own home, but they want to be very close. So it'd be very handy for them to buy the property next door. Or maybe there's potential to develop their garden. And if they had the neighboring property as well, it would be a far more profitable project or maybe only viable if they have the neighboring garden as well. So just take that into account. But we're really looking at the average values of property. Now, as an investor, if you're buying your property below market value and you're looking to add value to that property through refurbishment, you might wanna know what's the property gonna be worth after you've done that refurb work so you can work out how much you can remortgage it for and how much of your initial money you can get out. This is if we're using the BRRR method, which is the buy, refurbish, refinance, rent and repeat, otherwise known as momentum investing. And there are some other episodes of this podcast dedicated to those particular topics. So now let's look at several ways of valuing a property. First of all is an estate agent valuation. Now this is what most people do if they're interested in selling their home, they'll contact a local agent to find out how much it might be worth. Now you have to be aware that many agents will overvalue a property in an attempt to win the business because they think, well, if a seller thinks that as an agent, I can get them more money than another agent, maybe they'll come and bring the property to me, I'll be able to sell it and I'll make the fee. So just be aware of that, agents do sometimes overvalue. And this means when you meet a seller, if they say they've had it valued, you need to understand, well, who valued it and when did they do that? If it's an estate agent, there's a chance that they might have an overinflated view of how much that property is actually worth. The other thing to mention here is sometimes agents actually make mistakes. So I had a property down in London. It was with a joint venture partner. We owned it for two years and we were thinking about remortgaging it. And we wanted to understand how much that property might be worth. So we contacted a local agent and they told us it was worth £350,000. 
Now, we couldn't actually quite believe this because only two years earlier, we had bought the property. It was valued at 225 when we bought it, but we bought it below market value from a motivated seller for 162,000. So I'd bought at 27% below market value in London. Now, London isn't really my area. Just this deal happened to come up through someone I knew through a property event, and it was a great opportunity. So we bought the house for 162,000. It was worth 225. And two years later, we were going to remortgage and we spoke to an agent. They said it's worth 350. Now I thought, now that, that's just way too much. It can't have gone up. I knew the market had gone up, but I didn't think it had gone up that much. So I thought the agent must be wrong. So we found another agent in the area and we asked them, look, here's this property. This first agent's told us it's worth 350,000. Uh, I think they've made a mistake. What do you think it's worth? And the second agent agreed, said, yes, the first agent is wrong. It's not worth 350,000. It's worth 400,000. Now, bear in mind what I just told you, that agents sometimes overinflate things. I thought that's what this agent was doing. I thought, there's no way it's worth 400,000. So I asked the agent, can you provide me some like comparisons? Can you show me some other properties like this that you've actually sold for that 400,000 price? And they said, yeah, sure. And they provided two property deals they just sold for that kind of price. So we thought, well, this is amazing. And my JV partner and I decided rather than remortgaging that property and leaving so much equity tied up, it would be better to sell the property, pay the capital gains tax, split the profit, and then reinvest the money elsewhere. So we used this second agent. They said, look, list it for 410 with a view at selling at 400. That's what we did within weeks. They had agreed to sell at 400 and it went through. And my JV partner and I both made a lot of money. Now, there's a little tip from this story, and that is that some agents will value at a certain level and some agents will value less or higher than that. So if you are looking to buy property, you want to buy through the agents who you know generally down value. So the one that valued that property at 350, that's an agent I'd want to work with because I think they're undervaluing properties. And if you ever sell a property, and again, I don't really like to sell property. I've got a whole podcast episode about why you should never sell a property, but I do sometimes. And if you did, you want to sell through an agent who values at a higher level. So estate agent valuation is a good starting point. The next thing you can do, the second method, is what we call a desktop valuation. So let's say you've got a three-bedroom terrace you're looking to buy. You could go online to see what other three-bedroom terraces like this one are available for sale right now in the immediate area. Then you could pick up the phone to those local agents who are selling those properties and just understand a bit about the demand. Just because something's listed for sale, it doesn't mean it's going to sell at that price. So you could find out if there have been many inquiries for that property, if um, there have been offers made, if it's actually sold in the past, or maybe it's reselling. Um, so get a really good idea for the demand to check if the values online are correct. Now, what some people do is they call up and they don't actually say they are a surveyor, but they call up and they ask questions as if a surveyor would ask questions, say, look, I've got a client who's uh, got a property uh, on this particular area. We're just doing a valuation for them. Do you have any like comparisons? So they've never said they're a surveyor, but the agent kind of assumes they must be a surveyor and they will often share that information that they might not share with normal customers. 
Uh, you can also go online to a website called Net House Prices, type in the postcode, and up will come all of the properties in that area that have sold pretty much for the last 20 years. And you can see how much did the owners buy for that, that particular property for. That's really useful. And then also you can use something like Nationwide House Price Tracker to work out if they bought it at a certain time, how much should it be worth now? Now that doesn't take things like renovations and things into account. So you've got to look to see if they've actually done any work to the property. Another really useful tool you can use is called HomeTrack. A HomeTrack survey report, uh, you normally pay for it, I think it's about 20 pounds, and it will look at all the information in the local area, what's on the market, it will pull information from valuations for refinances, and give you a really good accurate estimate of how much that property is worth. There's also a lot of information in there about the general market, how quickly properties in that area are selling, etc. And this report is a very useful tool you can use if you're negotiating with a seller who thinks their property is worth too much and this report says it's worth less. You can give it to them as a kind of an independent valuation to say, look, this is what other properties in the area are like. And similar to this, if you're buying new build property or you're in big cities where there are lots of comparisons, you can often look at a square footage cost comparison. You do need to be comparing like with like, but it might be that new accommodation sells for a certain amount per square foot in that particular location. So that's a desktop valuation, which is the second method. And then the third method is obviously using a RICS surveyor. That's a Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors. Now, uh, you could say that actually it doesn't matter what you or I or anyone thinks a property is worth. Really, it's down to what the bank thinks it's worth because the bank's going to provide a mortgage and they think it's worth whatever their surveyor, their RICS valuation believes it's worth. So whenever you buy a property and get a mortgage, the bank will instruct a surveyor to go and value it to check the value and also the rental income. However, before that, you could actually instruct a private survey to be done. And if you just want to find the value, you can get a market valuation. Or if you're doing some work to a property, you can get what's called a before and after survey. So you say, right, what's the property worth now in its current condition? And once I've done this schedule of work to the property, what do you think it'll be worth? And that can be really useful if you're doing refurbishments. So you can just go to the RICS website, find a local surveyor, and get them to do a survey for you. However, if you're actually buying a property, what you want to do is find out from your mortgage broker that you're using, which lender, which particular mortgage company are you going to get a mortgage on this property? And then find out from the broker um, which surveyors are on the panel for that particular bank. Because ideally, if you're going to be buying a property, you want the same surveyor or company to go out and value it for you independently first, just to sense check that you're right before you actually buy this property. Now, sometimes I've spent money on surveys and I've decided not to buy that property based on what comes back. And you know what? Sometimes people think, well, that's a bit of a waste of money. And in a way it is. But then again, I'd much rather find out in advance if it's worth buying a property or not, rather than going all the way down the line only at the last minute to get it downvalued by a surveyor. By the way, when you get a property downvalued, you can often use that report to go back and negotiate with the owner to secure a better price. Because you can say, look, anyone who buys this property 
is going to get the same valuation now. It's not worth what you're trying to sell it for. So that's a useful little tip as well. Now, sometimes surveyors get it wrong. Uh, I was looking for a remortgage on one of my HMO properties on Bourneville Lane in Birmingham. And I was expecting a valuation of about 300,000 because that's what the properties are worth. But the valuation actually came back as zero. Now, we thought, what? how on earth could it be zero? And basically the surveyor said, well, if the lender had to repossess this property, they wouldn't be able to sell it for two reasons. First of all, there's no parking outside the property. And secondly, there's an electric substation just behind it. No one's going to want to buy that property. Now, in a way I can understand that assumption, but this is a very profitable HMO. It's been running for over 10 years, uh, 10 years at that time. It's right next to Bourneville train station, literally 60 seconds walk. So the people who live there, guess what? They don't need cars because they've got amazing public transport right into Birmingham city center. And yes, there is an electric little substation at the back, but we've been renting it very successful for 10 years with no problems at all. So would a homeowner buy it? Well, maybe not. But an investor would absolutely snap up this property because it's got a very good cash flow and a very good return on investment. So the point here is you really need to try and influence that surveyor before they put pen to paper. Once they put pen to paper, it's very hard to get them to change their mind. In reality, we had to go to another mortgage company who used another surveyor who valued it absolutely fine. So just be aware surveyors can make mistakes. And here's a top tip for you. If you're looking to get a valuation for maybe a remortgage on a property, what you should do is meet the surveyor at the property and prepare a valuation pack. Now I'd suggest taking a bit of time and effort to put this pack together and in that pack you might include some pictures of what was the property like before you did the renovation and obviously some post renovation pictures they're going to see it as they walk around and just put the pictures in explain all the work you've done to the property um show some light comparison if you can find some light comparisons online of what other properties are selling for like this one great also show the rental income that you can get from the property show some light comparisons and if you've even got the rental contracts put a copy of those in to show the schedule of rent you're getting just to prove the rental income and it's much easier to value and and influence a valuer before they put pen to paper. Many of my students have viewed this to get maximum valuation, which means they can refinance and take all their money out and sometimes even take some extra profit out as well. The final thing I wanna mention on this topic of how to value a property is the difference between a bricks and mortar valuation and a commercial valuation. So bricks and mortar is what we've really been talking about. It's a light comparison. What are other properties like this one in the area worth? Whereas a commercial valuation is based on the rental income. Now this is certainly for commercial property, but properties like HMO, so house and multiple occupation, if it's seven or more, or if each room is fully ensuited and they're like little individual units, you might be able to get a commercial valuation. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, sometimes the commercial valuation might be higher than a bricks and mortar valuation. And so people often will want a commercial valuation to take more money out of that property, which means they've got less money left in. And so it's a better return on investment for them. Just one word of caution here, if you're using commercial valuations, personally, I wouldn't want to have a commercial mortgage amount which is higher than the bricks and mortar value. Just in case, in some re 
for some reason in the future, you have to sell that property. Um, I don't want it being where the, the mortgage is higher than the value in case I couldn't sell it on a commercial valuation. I had to sell it on bricks and mortar and thus it will be a negative equity. So just be careful of that. So I do hope this little episode on how to value a property has been useful for you. Um, if you liked it, I've got a recommendation and a request. The recommendation is make sure you subscribe to this channel. We do a new podcast every Tuesday morning, 10 to 15 minutes, sharing some great ideas and content inspiration. There's over 25 hours of podcasts now. And if you're new to the podcast, you might want to go back and start listening. There's some fantastic episodes, which I think you'll find very useful. The other is a request. If you like this podcast, I would love it if you could give me a five star review and a few words about what you like about it to encourage other people to come and listen. Um, All you need to do is you go to where it lists all the episodes, scroll to the very bottom, and there's often the opportunity to leave a review. I'd really appreciate if you do that right now. It'd be a great help to me. So I do hope you've enjoyed listening. Until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.